0: See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. You may be seated. Today, with the first Sunday of Advent, you can see the, the colors have changed, perhaps you've noticed. We begin a new year, a new liturgical year. Uh, a, a new Christian year. And the Christian New Year, in, constr- you know, in uh, contrast to the, the secular New Year, uh, begins not with celebration, but with preparation. Not with revelry, but repentance. The church's New Year begins with a clarion call, with a trumpet sounding, So that we may ready ourselves for the coming of the king. That we may, as the colic says, cast away the works of darkness and put upon us the armor of light. It's a call and we need this call, especially if you ate like I ate over the past few days. You're sleepy. It's a call to wake up from our slumber. And from our complacency and our this worldliness, Romans 13 11. you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep for salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. What day is he talking about? What day is near? Well, the day of Christ's coming, both his uh, coming liturgically, the day of his birth, which we celebrate beginning on December 25th and the day of his coming at the end of the age. You'll notice and you can If you haven't noticed, you can just take your service booklet home with you. But if you read through the lessons and you you read the collect and you, you drink deep of the words of the liturgy and of the Eucharistic prayers, you'll notice that that Advent, this season, is as much about the second coming as it is the first. I mean, look again at the collect of the day. We ask for grace to repent in order that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal. Advent, then, is the season of preparation and repentance. And like all liturgical seasons, it's making explicit It's making pronounce something that's always present in the Christian life. It's making explicit a spiritual principle that runs through all of our life in Christ. Namely, that we have to prepare to encounter the living God. We don't just sort of strut into the presence of our Lord. We have to prepare to encounter him. Put, put another way, we have to seek the Lord in order to find him. What does scripture say? You will seek and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So that's what we're saying is that we, we want to see God. We want to find him. And so we're, we're taking together as a church, as a body, as a family, this season of looking for our King. One of my favorite passages in all of Scripture that illustrates this principle of preparing to encounter God is Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. And Joshua uh, was the successor of Moses. He became, after Moses' death, the leader of the children of Israel, who uh, one generation in particular wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and never got to enter the promised land. Even Moses never entered the promised land. So Joshua's finally led the children of Israel to the bank of the Jordan river. They're going to enter this land flowing with milk and honey and they're on the bank of the Jordan. And he says something to them so amazing, which I think distills what Advent is all about. He says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things above you uh, among you. And then in Jesus's day and the connections are unbelievable. The typology, if you will, the recapitulation of, of God playing out the drama of Israel afresh. John the Baptist, he stands on the bank of what river? the Jordan River, and he prepares the way. What what does he cry? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, get ready. And since John the Baptist is a key figure in this liturgical season, perhaps we could think of Advent as simply heeding his call to repentance and preparation afresh. So how do we do this? Like, how do we prepare? How do we keep a holy Advent? Well, I'm going to contend first by rediscovering the gift of the Christian year, rediscovering the church year and committing to having our days marked and formed by the person and work of Jesus. Because the liturgical year, which we're observing, is a journey through the life of our Lord. Which is why it has ongoing importance and relevance. Because that's what we touch Sunday by Sunday, is the central reality of the universe. Which is God exalted in Jesus Christ. That we're around his throne and we're crying with angels and archangels, holy, holy, holy. And so it's a calendar that's rooted in eternity. So so the first step in observing Advent is engaging in the season itself, finding ways to move to its rhythm, which we're going to talk about in a second and during announcements as well. There's a book on liturgy, um, which has been a helpful primer uh, to so many people who who want to learn more about the ancient worship of the church. Or maybe they have questions, or maybe they're not used to it, or maybe they think it's weird. And and liturgy is weird, but in the best way possible. Um, But it's a book called uh, Beyond Smells and Bells. It's by an author named Mark Galley, Beyond Smells and Bells. And I would commend it to you, and I think... I know know my list of books for us to go through as a church is piling up. I think every single week we've met, I've said, we should do this. But we have a long time to do things, so we'll get to it eventually. But this would be a great book, perhaps, for us at some point to to go together, go through together, or in a small group uh, setting. But Mark Galley, in his book, writes this about the liturgical calendar. He says, the liturgy is not spiritual entertainment for antiquarians the church calendar aims at nothing less than to change the way we experience time and perceive reality for the church january 1st is not all that significant and this is my at least not in the way that the world thinks neither is september the start of the school for most of us in the west although it may feel like the start of a new year for the church Advent signals the new year for the church. The annual rhythm is not winter, spring, summer, and fall, but Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, and Pentecost. The church calendar is not about the cycle of life, school, or sports, or harvest time, but about the movement of history toward its glorious goal. We celebrate the past events of salvation history, not merely to remember them, but to note how they infuse the present with meaning and power and point us to a future hope. So December for the Christian should be different. We're on a different calendar, not that we ignore the the other cycles of life. But we're a part of a different kingdom. We have a different king. Now, of course, we don't want to be obnoxious about it. That doesn't mean if you're going through the line at Publix and the person worshiping the cat, worshiping, hopefully, well, hopefully not worship it, but working the cash register says, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, that you say, no, not Merry Christmas, a blessed Advent, you pagan. It doesn't mean that if someone asks you if you've seen the latest Hallmark Christmas movie, that you respond by saying, well, it's not even Christmas yet, and besides, I'm too busy repenting of my sins to watch movies anyways. It doesn't mean that when you order your Starbucks, you say, can you please put my drink in a purple or deep blue cup so that when I drink my eggnog latte, I can remember uh, the soon coming king. Now, I will say if Starbucks made an advent cup, I would totally want my drink in it. That would be amazing. So we shouldn't be obnoxious. But I would say I really think, and I could be wrong, there are some people who think, oh, well, Advent, that's, that's irrelevant. I talked about this last week that, you know, if you walk into a department store, I think Lowe's is actually first. Lowe's has had Christmas stuff out, I think, since last Christmas. I don't know that they ever even took it down. <laughs> I think They just left it up. Some people think it's irrelevant. There, there's actually been... Uh, I, I saw an article from a priest that said, you know, the world's moved on. Let's not even do Advent anymore. Okay. We'll let them set our agenda. But I don't... I actually think, I'm actually more optimistic about it. I think there is an interest. I think that there are some people that their curiosity is piqued. I mean, I've seen over the last five years, I've seen advent calendars and Target and Walmart and Starbucks. And so I think we actually have an opportunity not to you know, dunk on people and show them how uneducated they are about the Christian year and be self-righteous. But I think we actually have an opportunity to engage people. And when they're excited about Christmas, we are say, well, there's this whole season. I'm excited about Christmas too. And the church has this whole season where we prepare to meet our King. There's an opportunity. So again, I haven't answered the question really, how do we prepare? So I think we, we prepare by engaging in the liturgical life of the church. So this would be one way of engagement: by, by coming to church, by faithfully showing up to services where we can be formed in the rhythm of the church year. Uh, doing uh, daily, doing Advent readings from uh, the Book of Common Prayer. I actually made an Advent guide for you that, that's based on morning and evening prayer in the book of common prayer. And it gives you a Advent scripture reading to read every day, just to every day be reminded as Romans says, you know what time it is. Uh, You can do things in your home. You could put up an Advent calendar. You could put up uh, an, an Advent wreath. Um, We can, again, prepare by being reminded uh, daily of what time it is. We can prepare by building habits into our lives that remind us of the truth. Namely, that, that Jesus Christ is coming again to judge the living of the dead. Thus, we prepare. Another way we prepare is by casting away the works of darkness. The call of Advent again, is a call to repentance. Advent is a penitential season. That's why we began our service. If you notice, it was a little bit different. We, be, we began with, with confession. We began with what's called the penitential order of, of coming before Almighty God and recognizing that apart from His grace and in part from the, the cleansing and enabling work of the Holy Spirit, we cannot approach the throne of grace with confidence and saying, God, that we, we, we need your help to even worship you. We need you to make us what we ought to be by the power of your Holy Spirit, through your word, through the sacraments, through fellowship with one another. So again, this liturgical season makes explicit and pronounced that which is present throughout the Christian life, namely repentance. The, the Christian life is a life of repentance. Think about it as a 180. Of of Christ is more and more and more turning us away from the things of this world and, and really from our narcissism and turning us towards himself so that we can become fully human in and through Jesus Christ. So during Advent, we should be mindful of this reality and one of the ways that we can do that is by confessing our sins daily during our times of prayer and you'll you'll see that in the advent guide and and prayer coupled with the reading of scripture that's how we put on the armor of light that's how we put on the lord jesus christ that's how we wake up and watch for our coming king So as we begin this new year, let us cooperate with the grace that has been given to us so that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds, by setting our minds on things above, being formed in the times and seasons of our soon coming King, Jesus. To him be all honor, glory, and praise now and forever. Amen.